We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from a conservative perspective. I am your host, Brooke says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable columnist, which you can check out, as you know, on AmericaOutloud.com and talk radio host. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, email, um, and the as, you, as I said, read the articles. But I have a new website. Thankfully, it is done. And I want to thank Chris Cole for um, helping me with that. He's running for District 9 in the State Senate. I really appreciate your help with that, Chris Cole. Uh, it is brooktalksamerica.com. So all of the other connections will be on the website as well. So be sure to check that out. I have with me uh, my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk. He, he also writes for America Out Loud, so you can check. Both of them will be under bloggers. Um, he former deputy director of intelligence at CENTCOM. He served on the White House National Security Council. He is the Hillsborough and currently the Hillsborough County GOP chairman. So from hot topics to history, if it's you can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. Uh, I just want to let you know, in case we have any sound issues, I heard a little bit of wah-wah from last time. Uh, we are working remotely, so thank you very much for your patience, and we will be back in the studio in the station soon enough. So thank you for that. Um, the book of the week this week is Ship of Fools, How a Selfish Ruling Class is Bringing America to the Brink of Revolution by Tucker Carlson. In a, I'm going to read you a little review from the Conservative Book Club. Uh, it's the host of Fox News' Tucker Channel's Tucker Carlson tonight offers a blistering critique of the new American ruling class, the elites in both parties who have taken over the ship of state, leaving the rest of us, the citizen passengers, to wonder, how do we put our country back on course? Uh, as you know, if you watch his show, Tucker slashes and burns the foolery in our permanent political class, uh, regardless of party. That's one of the reasons I love it. Uh, I do the same, you know. I happen to be a Republican, but if you fall short, you fall short, and I'm going to call you out. He does that as well. Uh, he's a patriot who understands that issues like unfettered immigration, uh, you know, illegal and legal, as well as reckless trade policies have devastated the middle class in America. He's one of the only people that's actually talking about that. Of course, Trump talks about it, but, you know, the middle class is incredibly important to a civilized society. Otherwise, you have serfs and lords, okay? So he talks about that a lot, and, uh, you know, this book explains the, which you don't have to read his book to know it, the precarious position uh we're in if we don't t turn back very soon. So I do highly suggest you read that. My article this week on AmericaOutloud.com, Ice Cream Nancy Tortures Out-of-Work Americans. Right? You saw her little stint on that? Very ridiculous. This is, it's well in line with the fools described in Tucker's book, which is where our so-called elected representatives, um, like Nancy Marie Antoinette, cheesing over her gourmet ice cream while we now have 26 million Americans out of work. Uh, and if that isn't bad enough, she has now held up for the second time 
the second time, mind you, and this one was delayed by two weeks. Okay, the paycheck protection, the refunding of the paycheck protection program, which is to help small businesses who were forced. Okay, they didn't voluntarily do it. They were forced by their local state and state and local governments um, to shut down and she withheld the funding for that okay the let them eat ice cream pelosi hopefully will be hammered over that in perpetuity and it was so bad that even megan mccain who is on that show the view which i call five heifers who hate trump come on it's funny you gotta laugh to keep from crying okay that's very funny and you know it so don't snicker. Anyways, um, did you know that John McCain is her father? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do, because she says it every five seconds. Anyways, um, she, called the t- she called the ad a, an absolute savage blow. She says, I thought this ad was a kill shot. And I think that it's not the ice cream in her fridge. It's the fact that she's standing behind giant refrigerators, multiple ones that cost 24000 each. And look, you're right, Joy, politicians are wealthy. Trump is wealthy. But I think in this specific moment, optics are narrative, and I don't make the rules of politics. If I were advising any politician at this point, I would also say, tread very carefully with a comedy show. This is not the time or the moment to be doing something like this. And she went on to say that, you know, the ad would play very well in middle America, and I think it absolutely will. It was a brilliantly done ad by um, Trump's campaign manager, Brad Parscale. Some of Ice Cream Nancy's fellow fools include Pramila Jayapal. She is one of the Justice Democrat crew. You need to look up the Justice Democrats because they're the ones who were that new group uh, that were that are hardcore socialists that were elected last time in 2018. Um, who talked? Who said this about leveraging the PPP for their socialist agenda? We don't know what's in the package yet. We only know it's been reported. But I think what you're hearing from all of us on the call is that. Uh, we have real concerns about um, giving away leverage now without getting some of the priorities that we need. Just remember that, all of you Democrats who are out of work, okay, leveraging the PPP for that, for their ish- agenda. Then, of course, <laughs> there is the bub- babbling bartender from the Bronx a.k.a. Comrade Cortez, who Tucker rightfully exposed as actually the very privileged Sandy Ocasio from Westchester, who tries to pretend and be so street, she's not, who said this about going to work after the shutdown. The, I think when we talk about this idea of reopening society, you know, only in America does the president, when the president tweets about liberation, does he mean go back to work? When we... You know, have this discussion about going going back or reopening. I think a lot of people should just say no. We're not going back to that. We're not going back to working seventy hour weeks just so that we could put food on the table and not even feel any sort of semblance of security in our lives. I have to say, I agree with her on this point. Though she should definitely not go back to work in the house. Okay, and hopefully her district will give her that opportunity in November. And MABA, you know what MABA stands for, right? Make Alexandria bartend again. Yep. But there is another gem which came out of this air-filled bubblehead 
that is as wicked as the rest of her squad, which is that when West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil Futures plunged 320% to negative 40.32 a barrel, she actually tweeted this out. She said, you absolutely love to see it. This, along with record low interest rate, interest rates means it's the right time for a worker-led mass investment in green infrastructure to save our planet. Cough. She deleted it, of course, but, uh, you know, and she got destroyed on social media. But just imagine that. Okay, so you're out of work, right? She tweets out something like this because she reveals the true feelings of the left, Okay, thousands of Americans have lost their jobs, and she says you absolutely love to see it. They don't care about jobs. Okay, they're forever talking about jobs, but they don't actually care about jobs. They, especially if it's in industries that they don't like. Okay, so oil, gas, and coal industry jobs are actually really good jobs. Okay, they're good paying jobs. They support thousands of American families and communities. And she wants to destroy them, as Joe Biden has said, and also Bernie, who is apparently, you know, advising Biden. Okay, but they hate fossil fuels, so they don't care if those people lose their jobs. So this remember all of these things in November, because these are Democrats and she is the face of the Democrats. Pelosi is just a placeholder, but she's the new face. But that's not even the best. Okay, there is this nugget by New York uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo, who not only did not buy the supplies that he needed to facilitate getting through the pandemic, okay, instead he spent it on some social, uh, solar energy scam, but whose state health department issued an order mandating that nursing homes readmit residents who had been tested who had tested positive for the coronavirus okay that's one of the reasons that they have and this is despite the you know high number of deaths already among the elderly that policy has had catastrophic results and has has been largely responsible for the incredible deaths in new york city like 3500 deaths i think are in, in uh nursing homes but like with kennedy killing kopechny the left won't care Okay, because he's a Democrat. And in fact, he'll probably get an award. Why? Because he he loves abortion. Right. Okay, so this person has who um, this is a clip. It's a it's a really incredible clip. Right. With with, that he has with a reporter over extending the shutdown to, quote unquote, save lives. This is the same person whose sanctuary state and criminal release policies have cost lives. And again, he does support abortion. So. Uh, here's a clip on that. I have a couple questions for you and one for Melissa. Uh, I don't know if you can hear, but there are protesters outside right now honking their horns and raising signs. We did speak to a few of them before we came in, and these are regular people who are not getting a paycheck. Some of them are not getting their unemployment check, and they're saying that they don't have time to wait for all of this testing, and they need to get back to work in order to feed their families, their savings is running out, they don't have another week, they're not getting answers. So their point is the cure can't be worse than the illness itself. What is your response to them? The illness is death. What is worse than death? What if somebody commits suicide because they can't pay their bills? Yeah, but the illnesses may be my death as opposed to your death. You said they said the cure is worse than the illness. The illness is death. How can the cure 
be worse than the illness if the illness is potential death. But what if the the economy failing... Worse than death? ...is equals death. Very Because of mental illness, the the people stuck at home... No, it doesn't. It doesn't equal death. Economic hardship, yes, very bad. Not death. Emotional stress from being locked in a house, very bad. Not death. Uh, um, Domestic violence on the increase, very bad. Not death. And not death of someone else. See, that's what we have to factor into this equation. Yeah, it's your life. Do whatever you want. But you're now responsible for my life. You have a responsibility to me. It's not just about you. Now, (laughs) listening to that clip, even as bad as the previous two were, almost gets Nancy off the hook. Right, his and you should watch the clip when you get a chance on YouTube because it's not only his voice but his face and the unbelievable arrogance and com- being completely out of touch, right? It's what I uh, confirms what I've said about this pandemic being collectivism and you hear it in there. He said, it says you have to be willing to make any sacrifice, even your own f- fortune and financial security for the greater good. That's basically what he's saying there, right? He's already rich as is Pelosi and all of the other liberals talking about shutting everything down. You know, remember I said in the last show that Ezekiel Emanuel talking about shutting it down for 18 months. This was Obama's advisor on Obamacare. Remember also, he doesn't think anybody over 75 should have any health care, right? And Obama said, your grandma, just give her a pill and let her go home. This is who people are talking about. But Cuomo, you know, he says he's... Rush makes a really good point. It's not lives versus money. It's lives versus lives. Okay. So you listen to the clip and you see that it doesn't matter. He, they want power and control. Okay. You will be broken begging, but at least as he said, you won't be dead. You'll wish you were dead probably, but you won't be dead. But he doesn't care about that. He cares about control. They have an agenda. And Newsom actually talked about it, as you know, you know, uh, and we discussed before. So, It's very, you know, they're telling you who they are, so make sure you listen, okay? Anyways, this is Brooke Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says. We are on AM860, The Answer, on Salem Media Group. We will be right back. And remember, connect with me on social media and the website, brooktalksamerica.com. See you soon. More Brooke Talks America coming up. If winning the battle for America's soul and preserving liberty is important to you, Tune in for Brooke Talks America, Saturday nights at 7. Brooke Talks America, with political insight and culture from the conservative perspective. From hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America. Conservative activist, patriot, writer, publisher, and advisor Brooke says we'll be talking about it. Don't miss Brooke Talks America, Saturday night at 7 on AM 860. The Answer. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, You're, and I'm here with Colonel Jim. You are an, We are an AM860, The Answer, on Salem Media Group. Um, so we're going to continue, obviously, on what? 
coronavirus because we can't get enough of the corona China Wuhan virus okay I can't really uh, <laughs> the uh, you know the horrible torture of the of America and the world goes on without respite the media continues to lie both to us to us and for China liberals are trying to blame everybody but China of course they're blaming Trump right uh, you have the occasional exception which I mentioned last week from Bill Maher but Malcolm X uh, understood the media and this is a quote that is as timely now as it was then the media's the most powerful entity on earth they have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent and that's power because they control the minds of the masses isn't that true uh, CNN along with the rest of them continue to propagandize and lie and I'm sure you've seen by now the ridiculous video of the uh, supposedly quarantined Chris Cuomo aka Fredo emerging from his basement after he'd been scolding everybody else to shelter in place and that was a total fraud well how do we know this because he had an altercation with his neighbor where he was actually broken broke breaking quarantine and his neighbor i think is actually a liberal democrat was giving him a hard time about it and actually filed charges so it was a total sham just like the cbs pictures of the italian hospital claiming it was in new york it's all lies and smoke and mirrors okay if it wasn't for double standards they'd have no standards at all right and they're nothing if not hypocritical because as with him several democrats have been exposed as having broken their own state's stay at home home orders from nikki freed in my state of florida to blackface northam in virginia right so they all criticized trump and uh nikki freed was on msnbc um criticizing desantis and meanwhile she broke her own you know florida stay-at-home order to go to Georgia for Easter. This is who they are. These are the people that are making policy for the rest of us, you know, serfs and minions. Okay. And, and this is a really nice one. You can't go to the gym while you're still paying membership on. Okay. Or you can't open the gym you own, but the, at least the congressional gym is open, right? The one you pay for with your tax dollars. Listen, it's very important that they stay fit while they're screwing you over. Come on people right? They have to stay fit. Uh, you have Garcetti in LA and de Blasio in New York that have set up hotlines for people to snitch on their neighbors, forgetting that golden rule that snitches get stitches, right? And the uh, New Jersey governor is using Chinese-made drones to spy on its residents, having said that observing the Constitution was, and I quote, above his pay grade. Yes, these are the people that run your lives. Isn't it great? Uh, you have Whitmau, Yes, Whitmau from uh, the state of Michigan, that Pelosi wannabe, who obviously is a client of Ice Cream Nancy's plastic surgeon, uh, who's doubling down on her state's shutdown to punish the protesters who dared to oppose her. Remember, seeds, no seeds, but yes on weed. Okay. She also got caught but had to rescind a uh, no-bid contract for a contract tracing program for a coronavirus. It was to a far-left Democrat political consultant who had wished Trump caught coronavirus ASAP, right? <laughs> people were watching. This would have gone through if people weren't watching and paying attention. And what would have happened to all of that data, you ask? I'm so glad you asked, because, of course, it would have been fed into the Democrat Party and their GOTV efforts, 
right? So they want to get all the data for the residents under the guise of doing contract tracing for coronavirus, but that's what it's really for. Where's Bill Barr, you ask? Who knows? I've seen a lot of interviews from him. I really like him, but I haven't seen any results or action, lawsuits, or indictments. I'm waiting. Uh, Jim will be talking about that in a little bit, though. Um, the piece to resistance to all of this fun stuff is, of course, that evangelicals are to blame for the coronavirus. You didn't know that? Oh, yes, of course. You know the answer to as to why, right? Climate change. Yes. The New York Times journalist, and I use the, to- the term very loosely, Catherine Stewart said that, and I quote, because religious voters supported Trump, that means he governs without regard to science. Because he doesn't buy into the whole climate change religion. Remember, these are the same geniuses who deny the simple biology that there are only two genders and that no, actual men cannot have babies. And they have the nerve to say we don't believe in science. Liberalism is schizophrenia. I said it. I stand by it. Liberalism is a schizophrenic ideology. Okay, Um, and what does climate change have to do with coronavirus? Well, a lot, it turns out, because now all the globalists, well, they've been talking about this, of course, but the globalists are out and uh, they want us to believe this. And a huge part of this, as I mentioned last week, is the globalist control and the new world order. So right on cue, Pope Francis and the UN Secretary General call for a, and I quote, Socialist green recovery in response to the coronavirus. Um, no, no, and no. And you can sit down, Frank, okay? We're just biding our time till the next pope can get in there. I'm not buying down to you globalists. And yes, I'm Catholic, so I can say that, okay? No hate emails. I call him Frank. Anyways, it's pretty funny, though, you have to admit. <laughs> Uh, There is some good news, though, if there is any to be found. Uh, One is that we haven't had to listen to that little tyrant Greta Thunberg, a.k.a. Veruca 2.0, from Willy Wonka, if you remember, right? She totally looks like that, you have to admit, with her scolding. You know, she scolds us every five minutes. Uh, That and the fact that de Blasio's little snitch on your neighbor effort didn't quite work out so well. Because instead of snitching texts, he actually got texts, uh, pictures of, let me see, shall we say the Anthony Weiner kind? You know what I'm saying? That's hilarious. That and a lot of pictures of, he got nasty texts and a lot of pictures of birds, the ones that come on your fingers, right? So that's pretty funny. Look, you have to laugh to keep from crying nowadays, okay? That's a fact. The other good news category is that Publix, that wonderful Company, Florida Company, is buying excess milk and produce from Florida farmers to donate to food banks during this pandemic. Um, Then, if you haven't heard about it, there is an absolutely glorious story of the skaters in California who give me hope. I have to say, a bunch of little Justin Bieber lookalikes. For some reason, the California tyrants thought it was prudent to spend taxpayer monies in that state to fill in with sand a um, a skateboard park. Yes, this is the priority in California, right? But they really should have seen the movie Lords of Dogtown in which they would have realized you cannot stop the skaters from skating, okay? They will climb over or under the fence or tear a hole right through that fence 
skaters are going to skate. Okay, these little freedom fighters of sorts shoveled the sand out and not only made a path for dirt bikes, but actually cleared enough to be able to skateboard. That's America, baby. I love it. Good on you. It was really great to see. Yes, the curve is flattening. Okay, Um, but the businesses are still closed and the cure will In the end, I believe, have been worse than the disease, and in fact, it already is. Which brings us to an important question as we sit down with almost 27 million Americans unemployed. Was the shutdown worth it? Or as I should say, is it still worth it now? Because all over the country, we're still in it. Some states are opening. Yes, um, Georgia has had a little interesting situation recently, as you probably know. Uh, But, you know, the restrictions and the phases are so severe that even if they open, some of the businesses might not be able to survive, especially the restaurants, because they won't have full capacity. Right. I don't know what the I don't know how they're going to survive the modifications. You need to have a certain amount of people and a certain amount of turnover to make it in any way profitable. But the left and the media have scared everyone so much that they don't even want to go out because they're afraid, like you heard in Cuomo, you know, that if they go and sit near a stranger that they're going to that they're going to die. I'm not afraid to go. I can assure you right now I plan to go to all of my favorite restaurants as soon as they open. I mentioned them before. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go when they open to support those businesses. And also because, as I mentioned, I just plain love to eat. Okay, but, you know, this is where we are. Um, So lots of prayers are in order. Okay, I think the PPP will help, you know, some of them, but it's very difficult. The margins are incredibly small on a lot of small businesses, you know, especially restaurants. Labor is very high. Margins are small. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to keep saying it, people, okay? This is all part of an agenda. It is the never let a crisis go to waste crew that you will use anything to further their mission, which is definitely not America. They don't want a constitutional republic of America. They want us to bow down to them, and they want to beat us down so much that we submit to their rule. I will not do it. I will not. I don't care. Um, we, you know, I will fight to my last breath for this country that I love and do whatever I can in my small way, you know, whether it's this show, whether it's writing or, you know, whether it's standing on the street with signs or, you know, my vote, whatever it is, we can all do something, but I will not submit. I will not do it. I'm a free American citizen as are you. And you need to understand that they're, they are, fighting you know i'll get into this a little bit later right but this is for the election this is an agenda it's a very clear-cut agenda it's america and the world the globalists want control and they will do anything they can literally anything to to get it so you are listening to brook talks america i am your host brooke says with colonel jim on am860 the answer salem media group we will be right back where we have a special guest Christian Ziegler of the Florida Republican Party. See you. Talk to you soon. More Brook Talks America coming up. If winning the battle for America's soul and preserving liberty is important to you, tune in for Brook Talks America, Saturday nights at 7. Brook Talks America with political insight and culture from the conservative perspective. From hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America. Conservative activist, patriot, writer, publisher, and advisor Brooke says we'll be talking about it. Don't miss 
Brooke Talks America, Saturday night at 7 on AM 860. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email, brooktalksamerica at gmail.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, and I have Colonel Jim. Uh, You're on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group. Be sure to connect on the various social medias and the new website, Brooke Talks America, so you can check out everything there. If you'd like to partner with the show, you can either email me or DM me on Twitter, Brooke Talks America. I am joined today by Christian Ziegler. Christian is the vice chairman of the Republican Party of Florida and served with the 2016 Trump campaign here in Florida. It's great to have you on the show today, Christian. Um, I want to ask you if you could provide some insight into the 2020 election season, especially with the current situation with the coronavirus, uh, let us know how it is affecting the Republican Party of Florida and, you know, your ability to campaign in the traditional sense and, most importantly, the Trump 2020 campaign. So welcome, Christian. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, Jim, it's good to see you, too, as, as well, Chairman. Uh, he's one of our leaders up there in Hillsborough County. But, yep. um, yeah, you know, the coronavirus, kind of, it, it's really shook uh, society and it's kind of shook our, you know, our culture and our community and our economy. And one area it's definitely shook as well, our campaigns. And, and, you know, that's going undiscussed or, 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 you know, it's kind of obviously not a a super priority at the time when you're trying to get through a crisis, but um, it is something that is going on um, actively in terms of with candidates and with uh, activists and campaign volunteers, you know, how do you react? And I'll share with you, I mean, the, the Trump campaign, as you mentioned, I mean, early on in 2015, we had him in Sarasota. I've been working with his team since um, 2016. I think he did a, a pretty good job campaigning in terms of digital and reaching out directly to voters. And then right after that, I mean, he started his campaign back up immediately after taking office. And, um, you know, they put a heavy emphasis online. And, and people said, you know, why is he going online so early? You know, why is he so aggressive online? And I think we're starting to see the benefits of him doing that um, and the foresight that was there in terms of, uh, you know, he understands the power of digital, the power of reaching out to direct directly to people. And uh, that's really made it a seamless transition for us um, during this uh, uh, crisis that our country is dealing with. So, you know, I think the Trump campaign, they, they've made so many calls, so many outreaches. They're doing these MAGA meetups on, you know, Zoom. I was on one last night. I think we had about 70 people on there. Um, in just Lee County, Lee and Collier counties. Um, so there's a whole underground, you know, digital campaign that's going on. Um, but I think the biggest challenge that we're seeing with the campaigning are, are the local candidates. Um, you know, when it comes to getting ballot petitions and getting your name out there, it's kind of hard right now because everyone's just stuck at home. You can't knock on the doors. You can't shake hands. You can't go visit with voters directly. So some of the local candidates have a lot more challenges than maybe the presidential candidates. Uh, that are on TV, that are on digital. So it's pretty fascinating to watch play out. Um, and there's definitely a challenge that we're facing. But I think the president's in a really prime position um, in terms of getting his exposure out there and reaching out directly to citizens. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I actually heard on the radio that the uh, Democrats are aware and they're really far behind in the digital sphere. So, as you said, him getting, you know, there was a, there were some knocks on that about, oh, well, he's already campaigning and he just was inaugurated. But as you say, he Trump always has tremendous foresight. And Brad Parscale is really an incredible data guy. So the the preparation and being you know, off and running from the very start has obviously helped to cushion the blow of not being able to get out in public. So it's definitely right what you say. And and we're doing some things here. You know, you have local candidates that are doing the same kind of operations. But yeah, it is a little hard, which goes to show that you should just vote GOP all down the ballot, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's interesting about Brad you yeah, you bring up Brad's name. Brad Parscale is the campaign manager for Trump. I was actually one of the first, uh, at the time it was called New Media. I was one of the first new media directors on Capitol Hill up in D.C. Uh, that was in 2006 slash seven. Um, going up, uh, going up there, people really weren't using YouTube a lot. Facebook, you know, Twitter didn't even exist. And, uh, you know, it's always been a challenge between the old guard and kind of the, the younger group coming in um, and a wrestle between digital and operations and fundraising and communications. And what, what's interesting about Brad, Brad Parscale is here you have a guy that for the first time in history, I think, um, uh, that's running a major presidential campaign that's actually a digital first guy. And uh, uh, that is so helpful because when you're trying to recruit volunteers, you need digital. When you're trying to raise money, you need digital. When you're trying to get your message out through communications, you need digital. When you're trying to do outreach to voters, you need digital. And here we have a, a digital, you know, Trump's 2016 digital director uh, is now the campaign manager. And everything they do is run through the eyes of how do we, number one, collect a lot of data. And number two, how do we leverage that data to reach out to voters? So I think having Brad in there is really, I don't know if enough people have talked about it or written articles about it, but the fact that we have a digital guy running the campaign at times like this uh, is an invaluable asset to have. And I think it's strengthening the president's reelection. And he's very fortunate to have that tool in the toolbox and to be set up that way. Um, whereas, as you mentioned, I mean, Biden's just getting crushed online from the Trump team. I, I read something the other day where the Team Trump Twitter handle, which is just a bunch of staffers that manage it. It's not even Donald Trump's personal Twitter, which we know the reach there. But the Team Trump Twitter handle of just staffers is like far surpassing Joe Biden's Twitter handle, right? The, the actual candidate. <laughs> so yeah, the staff of Donald Trump has a bigger reach than the actual candidate over on the Democrat side. And, uh, you know, I love seeing that. And we're very fortunate that that's happening. Yeah. And, you know, um, we have a book of the week on this show every week. And the when I first the first show, you know, you probably know about Breitbart, right? He was a big new yep. media guy. He was on the forefront of it. And he, he was he, it was he said it was great for him because he had such ADD, which is really kind of true for me with Twitter. It's kind of an ADD explosion. But he talked about the importance of new media and Drudge was on the forefront of that. You know, so it, it is very important. You mentioned, though, that people aren't really talking about it. And that's a good thing. Because much like with so much else that happened with the Trump campaign for 2016, there was a lot of stealth operation that was happening mm-hmm. that they didn't really take seriously, right? So they didn't, they weren't paying attention. They kind of dismissed it and everything. But the other thing, you know, is that he made money 
on Facebook. And the other campaigns hadn't done that. They spent a lot of money, right? So Hillary spent whatever she spent. But he he actually made money on Facebook. And there, like you said, there wasn't really a lot of coverage about it. But it's, I would prefer that he that it's not I want them to be sneaking up on them, like you said. And, you know, Sleepy Joe, I mean, you know, we could go and have another show just on that. It's kind of a joke. But um, so I would prefer actually that they just go about their business, be doing their thing and sneak on uh, up on them for 2020, like they did in 2016. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point, but I think right now we're kind of at the point in 2016, everyone really discounted the president, didn't think he had a chance to win. Um, you know, I remember when he first got in the race, it's, it's funny, I was on the radio, I think it was August of 2015, and, uh, you know, we had all the candidates, we had like 16 candidates in the race, or whatever the number was at the time, in August of uh, 2015, and they said, who's going to make it to the end? And I said, you know what? I think Ted, you're going to see Ted Cruz and Donald Trump go to the end. And they all started laughing on the radio. And they said, no, no way. How do you beat Jeb and his juggernaut? You know, Marco Rubio's the favorite son, you know, Florida. You know, he's going to win Florida hands down. You know, how do you? And I said, no. I said, you know, it's interesting. The people, the grassroots are frustrated. They've had enough. And I think they're going to go with one of these candidates that's going after uh, the establishment and um, going after you know, the frustration in Washington. And those two were the loudest ones that were going off on Washington. And I think you saw the people select them. Now, ever since then, you know, at the time when they started laughing on the radio, you know, they were obviously proven wrong at the end. Um, But once Donald Trump got elected, I think it was a big wake-up call. And people realized, look, this guy's an aggressive guy. He's a very vocal guy. He has the power of the people behind him. And uh, he's going to stop at nothing to win. And, uh, you know, we've seen that throughout his time in office. All he's doing is trying to make sure America wins. And uh, it may be at the expense of other countries. That's fine. It may be at the expense of bureaucrats in Washington and establishment politicians. That's fine. But he's going to be focused on making sure America wins. And, uh, and, and, and that's his focus. And I think that going into 2020, I don't know if they're underestimating as much as they did in 2016. I think they fear him a lot more than they did um, which is fine, and, and, and I think they're nervous. I mean, my understanding is the whole discussion about online reach, the staff has like a five-alarm you know, f- uh, warning going off inside their headquarters because they're seeing the numbers, they're seeing the metrics. Yeah, Biden. Yeah. And they're seeing the metrics and realizing that they can't keep up with Trump online. He's laughing them. So uh, it's a lot of fun to watch them in panic mode. But I think that the best asset we obviously have is our president, and he's going to keep doing a good job. And the more he does a good job, the easier it is for us to help him get elected on Election Day. No, definitely. And I just, you know, I think that they, they try to act like they don't, they're not that serious about, you know, they don't fear him. But I think you're absolutely right. But the media definitely wants to s- still portray him as like, he doesn't really know what he's doing. And so that's what I mean by that. It's like, I love any, any underestimation of Trump just makes the, the, uh, you know, the victory that much sweeter. So I say, let him, let him underestimate him in any shape, way, shape or form. He will win and he will win hands down. And hopefully at some point we can actually destroy liberalism and destroy this awful hold that the Democrat party has on the, you know, minds of any of the American people. And we can go forward. I think that some great uh, things are happening like with Vernon Jones, Candace Owens, the Blexit movement, the walkaway movement are all part of that. And we can really move forward after 2020 as a constitutional republic, 
you know, in a better space after we get through this, you know, horror of the coronavirus. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and I really, really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Yep, I appreciate it. Thanks for getting the word out. You know, thanks for supporting our president. We need more of that from everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever I can do to help get the word out, just feel free to always reach out. But you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Absolutely. Take care. You are listening to Brook Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. We are an AM860 The Answer Salem Media Group. And be sure to check out the website, brooktalksamerica.com. And we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. If winning the battle for America's soul and preserving liberty is important to you, tune in for Brooke Talks America, Saturday nights at 7. Brooke Talks America, with political insight and culture from the conservative perspective. From hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America. Conservative activist, patriot, writer, publisher, and advisor, Brooke says, we'll be talking about it. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at AmericaOutloud.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. We are an AM860 The Answer Salem Media Group. And, you know, since I'm pretty sick of talking about the coronavirus for now, of course, we'll have to be back to it later, I'm sure. Uh, we'll switch to some international issues as well as the new discoveries that came out this week and part of last about the FBI and FISA investigations. Um you know, we'll have to wait to see. I'm, I'm a little... Anyways, uh, there is a lot of new information coming out about China to a certain degree that even the mainstream media is acknowledging it, but they won't go uh, far enough to say it was deliberate, i.e. that the original virus, you know, there are lots of viruses being studied, was actually altered to become a bioweapon. Uh, even now with this, you know, and with all of this, which is completely insane, we have Chinese made drones flying over American cities via the police departments. How this is happening, I don't know. It's insane. But, Jim, why don't you talk about some of that as well as the latest information on Iran? And I'd like to remind everybody that Dianne Feinstein, who had a Chinese spy working for her for 20 years and also was one of the insider traders from the classified briefing, now wants to give $5 billion of taxpayer money to Iran. Uh, talk about that and the new information on the Durham team and the FISA FBI stuff. Okay. Um, let's first take a look at, as, as you mentioned, um, what's going on with the, with the virus, not from what it's affecting in the U.S., but the, the, what we're looking at is the origin of the virus. And there's a number of uh, different camps out there looking at it. Part of it, the Chinese government, this is really important. People need to pay attention to this because it tells a whole lot about the fact that China has refused constantly since this started for U.S. help to investigate how this came about, the cause, uh, what was involved. That tends to 
make me wonder, are they trying to hide something? Because usually when there's something serious, medical or whatever it is in the world, you know, the other countries reach out to try to find a solution and figure out what's going on. And in this case, you know, the United States, who by and large has the best medical capability, particularly in this kind of thing with all our um, organizations that do this, the Chinese don't want us there, tells me they're hiding something and they don't want us to find it. But you know, there's enough going on where I think we're eventually going to find it out. You know, there's there's a, a group that are looking at it from the standpoint, are they using this as a bioeconomic weapon? And certainly the telltale is yes, because look what's happening in America and what it's caused us to do. Of course, a lot of that has to do with uh, the Democratic leadership and the political left and the media of how they're trying to frighten and scare America. So was that an aspect of it? And so that will be investigated. And then we have... Um, the influence of China, as you mentioned, with Diane Feinstein. Well, Diane Feinstein had a driver uh, who worked on her staff for many, many years um, and turned out to be a Chinese spy. What did he know? What did he find out? And remember, Diane Feinstein served on a number of uh, committees that dealt with classified information uh, in her role as a U.S. senator from California. So that raises a lot of questions. And then the, the aspect of, of insider trading, as you mentioned, you know, what was that all about? Did she use information that she had, uh, achieved and garnered and what have you from, uh, her position on the U S Senate to do insider trading? So that raises the issue. Uh, did she know something about what was going on with with China and what that was going to entail. And then the last thing is her effort to influence the president to give uh, Iran $5 billion in aid as a result of the coronavirus. And I want to mention, if you went back about a year ago to May 2019, she had uh, a private dinner with the foreign minister of Iran, um, that was eye-opening. There was a lot of media attention on it. Why was she doing that? Uh, it was, and this foreign minister was one of the lead principals in Iran who was dealing with uh, the Iran nuclear deal. So there's something going on there in her connection with Iran, and people need to pay attention to that. So uh, Diane Feinstein has some explaining to do, the way I see it, and um, perhaps that will be an issue that will come out uh, as as this whole uh, episode with the coronavirus goes on. So let's look at, since we mentioned Iran, what's going on. We all heard this week that the president had ordered the U.S. Marine, giving them the direction that if any of Iran's uh, fast boats, as they're called, which are harassing U.S. Navy ships in the Persian Gulf, and our Navy ships have been in the Persian Gulf for at least the last 40-plus years or so, uh, our, our Fifth Fleet is stationed in Bahrain uh, under the command of U.S. Central Command. It's called NAVSENT. Uh, they've been there. It's international waters. The Iranians have been harassing them, and the president said if they uh, endanger our ships and our sailors and our military members. Uh, they have uh, authority to blow them out of the water, so to speak, and uh, waiting to see that. If that happens, the Iranians obviously know because it's been in the media. So, you know, that's part of uh, what we try to do to let them know that uh, we're not going to take anything uh, and we're certainly going to protect our assets. The other 
uh, thing going on uh, that's been behind the scenes that a lot of people have not been paying attention to as a result of the viruses. Um, some major movements on the part of the Department of Justice. Uh, first, as you, you may have seen earlier this week uh, and last week, Attorney General William Barr uh, took a stand against how the virus was being handled in a lot of states, and he has put together an investigative team to investigate uh, the involvement of various states and, and counties and cities who are t- who are really, you know, hurting the economy and he he looks at it from the standpoint of economic sabotage are they doing things are they over are they overreaching people's constitutional and and uh, uh business rights where it's 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 deliberately hurting um people economically so he's going to be looking into that and it's a shot across the bow there the other aspect and I'll close on this is with um John Durham uh he's investigating the involvement of the uh, Russia collusion aspect and who was behind that. You know, we heard all that for the last three years. Uh, He's increased the size of his team. Uh, They're going forward. We've already got um, a number of sealed indictments. Um, There's indications that several have been opened, and he's he's calling in some final uh, investigations on that. He's got two grand juries that have been uh, announced that are waiting for handling these indictments. So he's uh, on the uptick. Obviously, perhaps something we'll see. I, you know, we, we talk all about that. We want to see uh, at least one major indictment before the election. And I'm convinced that this is a grand scheme with the coronavirus was one of the things that they wanted to do to take down the president, certainly to uh, hurt him economically. But the other is to try to drag out and delay any capability that the Justice Department had to uh, go after, you know, many of the players. And, you know, we've talked about in the past, a lot of these same players who were involved in the Russia collusion, who were involved in the Ukraine uh, investigation, who were involved with the Mueller hearings and who were involved in the impeachment are all the same players from the Democratic Party, the political uh, establishment and the mainstream media. They're all involved. They just keep going and going and going. They're going after the president uh, to try to hurt him in the election. So that's what we're looking at uh going forward, and there'll certainly be more news on this in the coming weeks. Yes, and you're totally right. And and again, as we've mentioned before on the show, is that these are the same people, you know, the experts talking about you need to shut down the economy for 18 months are the same geniuses who say that the world is going to end in 12 years. So, you know, take it all with a grain of salt and... We have to understand that there is an absolute agenda that is happening here. Um, Thank you for that information, Jim. Uh, And we'll be talking about that on anything that comes up. We will have it on this show. That is something I know that myself included. I'm incredibly, you know, I'm frustrated that I haven't seen anything. But there's also an issue of timing, uh, you know, and you have to, with this particular situation, you have to make sure all the, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and make sure it, it hits right because you probably they probably would have one chance. So as we wrap up, um, Patriots, I know that this sounds redundant, but I, you ha- repetition is absolutely essential, okay? We need, and it needs to be repeated often and aggressively. We are in a battle for this country, okay? It would be brutal and the left 
is absolutely r- ruthless and will be relentless until the election. Okay, they are exposing themselves all the time with what they want, which is total control, submission, socialism, and basically, you know, it cannot be. It's this is not an exaggeration. Is that they want the ex, uh, you know, the destruction and punishment of people like you and me. They don't want us to even be okay. They don't want us to have the right to vote or to have any say in anything. They want us destroyed. We had the gall to vote for President Trump. Okay, the most unlikely candidate and person to win in some degrees. Not really, if you think about his history. He's been talking about this stuff forever. But that you know, we were actually the per- the people that stepped in and sidelined what looked like absolute and total victory for them, and really permanent victory. They do not want a constitutional republic or anything like that, that or anything that even resembles the original framework of the design of this country. Okay, I say this, and I will keep saying it. You can get annoyed if you want. Complacency is the enemy of liberty. Okay, they they were on their way to having the fundamental change that Obama talked about. It was not what you and I think for this country at all. They want us to be some European-style socialist nation, and we're not. Okay, so now is the time. If you've never gotten involved, you need to get involved now, whether it's making calls, doing social media. You can volunteer with a campaign. You know, we had Christian Ziegler on here talking about that. You know, Jim is the chairman of the Hillsborough GOP. You need to vote Republican Okay, down the ballot. Are Republicans perfect? Are all of them? No, of course not. Why? Because they're human. Nobody's perfect. Okay, but they, you know, and and we call them out. I will always call out. Some of them are actually Democrats in disguise. They're never Trumpers, which is just as bad as being a Democrat. But we try to expose them, okay, in any time. But you really need to vote Republican, wrote red all up and down the ballot. Help your local candidates, okay? It's local candidates that get the local business done. So please, until next time, keep fighting. You know, God bless you. God bless America. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. We're on AM860, The Answer on Salem Media Group, the awesome Salem. And AM860 The Answer, and check out the website, brooktalksamerica.com. Contact me on Twitter, or uh, and if you'd like to partner with the show, email me or DM me. God bless you. God bless America. See you next time, folks. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, brooktalksamerica at gmail.com, by Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860. The answer.